MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's up and welcome in. We got an hour today and it's just the crew, me, Matt Humans. No smart people joining us, but that's okay. We got enough genius between the two of us to fill for the next hour. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have the association. We have a really big college hoop mm-hmm. slate, National Football League to look ahead to and review as well. There's a lot going on, and college football news because I know you have yet to bloviate about uh, the move for one Lincoln Riley over. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Not just Lincoln Riley, it's Brian Kelly and oh. everything that else going on in the world of uh, college football, which has turned into a circus of a business. We'll talk about all that stuff today. Hey, it's a South Point sports book. The Bills just dropped minus two and a half against the Patriots next Monday night. Yep. <laughs> hey, look at that. Something we discussed. I, I figured out of the two sides, it was going to be more than likely that you would get Bills minus two and a half, although I didn't think it would move off of three. But I just felt the Patriots would be the side to back. And I guess, sure enough, here, we're my, remember, by the way, no altered juice, minus 110. If you're out in Las Vegas, go ahead and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's surprising because initially there were three and a halfs out there. Yeah. And uh, I, I just figured the number would settle on three, and I still think it will uh, settle on three. But if you like the Bills, get out to the South Point now or get on the app because uh, that's as good a price as you're going to get. Bills minus 145, minus two and a half. And uh, I guess you could make an argument that's a buy low price on the Bills at home, but there really hasn't been no home field advantage in the NFL this season. Uh, none whatsoever. Although last night it did play out for the Washington football team and just a thrilling contest. Yeah. Very well played. I got to admit, I watched about eh, half of the game. Uh, was, you didn't miss it was, much. It was a tough watch. Yeah. And then uh, I went back and watched a little bit more later in the night. But uh, 
There's not a lot to uh, like about the Seahawks right now. I think it's just about over for Russ and Pete in Seattle. Yeah, I think so. 17-15, to 15, the final score. Uh, also, the final score, not really indicative of the game itself because the Seahawks were not very competitive in this contest. Got a late touchdown, turned away by a two-point conversion at the end. Uh, also, recovered an onside kick, but then called back because it was an illegal formation. And really, there wasn't, enough, there wasn't enough time left maybe to right. get anything done. Uh, but the Seahawks... Really lost this game by by a touchdown last night. I thought they they were lucky to even get back in it at the end. So Russell Wilson, uh, two TD passes, two hundred forty seven yards. The numbers look good. Uh, what what you saw on screen last night did not look good. No, no, no. Getting that most of that through chunk plays, right? The, the broken coverage, just things like that. And we have seen now uh, the market has reacted right since the end of that game, where the Seahawks are now catching three and a half at home against the San Francisco 49ers. That's really the only adjustment. This morning, it was still sitting at two and a half for the Washington football team against the Las Vegas Raiders. Haven't checked for a couple of hours, but I would assume that is still the case uh, up on my screen right now. That's two and a half. Yep, still two and a half. But that is the real adjustment here is that Seattle is now three and a half pretty much everywhere that you look or three, you know, minus 120 in favor of the San Francisco 49ers. Not surprising given what we know about San Francisco, how well they've been playing and how poorly Seattle has been playing. But it is, like we talked about in the opening lines, for those who weren't with us on Sunday, Think about this swing that the San Francisco 49ers have been through, where three weeks ago they're catching four at home to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. They win that game outright. They win two, recover two after that, and now all of a sudden they're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road yet again against Seattle. Well, you have to respect a hot team in the NFL because yep. uh, not too many teams have been able to put together uh, win streaks for more than two weeks, and uh, San Francisco has managed to do it here for a few weeks. Westgate Superbook still at uh, Niners minus three, minus 120. But still, three and a half seems like too much delay on the road with the Niners. Even even if you feel like the Seahawks are coming apart at the seams, I think three and a half is a little bit too much. Uh, I was hesitant to even lay two and a half with the Niners here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to pass on that game. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. Now, the other team, uh, we'll save the other game, the Washington-Las Vegas game. That might be, just might be part of do the numbers tomorrow. Do the numbers has a really good track record, so <laughs> we will discuss it like um, that contest. Although, hey, part of do the numbers last week was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles so being extremely overvalued. Now, the bigger chunk of it was about the Saints against the Bills, but we'll forget about all of that. Uh, all right, with that, you know, we have a lot left to get to in the uh, in the world of football. We'll get back to it. Rundown says though, we have a Tuesday card in the National Basketball Association yeah. tonight, Matt Humans, and a big battle game. of New York. Oh. I thought we were going to talk about the West Coast. Well, let's let's talk about the best coast, the West uh, Coast. <laughs> and the best team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors right That's now. That's right. The, the Warriors now up to three-point underdogs against the Phoenix Suns here at the South Point, it looks like, with a total of 221 and a half. Uh, I am involved in this game, and well, I can spoil it. I took two and a half with Warriors, figured that that would uh, be the direction the market went. So, three? Take it. Man, not too often you've been getting a bad number in the NBA. Uh, no, I actually had a pretty good read on the market yeah. so far earlier this year, but uh, not the case here. And I, I guess it should be really surprising, right? The Phoenix Suns have won 16 consecutive games. They've been playing extremely good basketball. I think there's a really strong argument to be made that if you look at their schedule, it has not been the strongest, although over the weekend they did take care of business against the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, the biggest test that they did face up to this point, they passed. But this Golden State team, man, they're playing at another level. And in the write-up this morning, I talked about there's two, two real key areas in this matchup that I think work in the, in the favor of the Golden State Warriors. First off, it's Phoenix on the defensive end of the floor. they got two key weaknesses. It's their rim defense, which is right now 19th in the NBA. Lead, lead, uh, excuse me, uh, the Warriors lead the league 
in shooting within four feet of the basket. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be able to get to the rim if they wanted to, and they'll be able to finish, and they'll be able to, I think, exploit what has been a small weakness for the Phoenix Suns. The other, Warriors, one of the top teams in terms of frequency of transition plays. or In other words, they like to get out and run in transition. Not entirely efficient, but they do it a lot. This is one of the worst transition defenses in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns. We've seen it now transpire for a while. So I think they'll be able to take advantage of that. And as I've talked to you before, I love this Warriors team from a defensive standpoint. They they run guys off the three-point line. They won't allow you within four feet. They allow you to take mid-range shots, which plays right into what the Phoenix Suns want to do. I just think from a matchup perspective, I like what the Warriors bring to the table here tonight. Okay. Actually, um, I think you're 30-16 and 16 in the NBA right now. Is that correct? Yes. I was going to uh, – I've been – playing some of your NBA stuff, and uh, I was going to play uh, these games tonight. I actually uh, like both your plays tonight. Uh, Stephen Curry put on a pretty good shooting exhibition after he got ticked off the other day against the Clippers. But he uh, tee up the ref? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed. Every time I've watched the Warriors, I feel like it's a complete team. And, uh, you know, I think at some point in the last couple of years, you kind of felt like the window had closed on this team after Kevin Durant left and Clay Thompson uh, blew out his Achilles, and it seemed like the, the Warriors were not going to get it back together again. Mm -hmm. But they they have it back together again, and they look damn good to me. In fact, if uh, I had to bet one team today to win it all, I'd bet the Warriors, not the Nets. Yeah. Oh, I think well, the Nets are clearly flawed at this point. I, yeah. I, this 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 is somewhat shocking. I talked about this on the podcast uh, with Aaron Renning last week. In the Eastern Conference, to me, the best team in in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks. When they're fully healthy, that's the best team in the East right now. This is clear. And, like, the Nets are a good team. And, actually, we can tie that into the analysis here for this Knicks game, right? The Nets actually are, have been performing pretty well. The last 13 games are actually 10-3 and three straight up. The problem is the market keeps pricing them uh, like they're this dominant team, right, that we expected coming into the year. And thus, while you're 10-3 and three straight up in your last 13 games, you're 5-7-1 against the spread because you've been lying some pretty big numbers that you probably shouldn't. Right, we, right. we talked about last week, the finally, the buy low spot that you caught was against Boston, where the market freaked out, made the Celtics a one point favorite. a good call by you there, yeah. Right, and the, and the Nets took care of business there. And it's interesting here because you look at this number, humans, they actually opened six and a half against the Knicks. The Knicks were actually in Atlanta over the weekend catching seven and a half. So you would initially you would think that, okay, well, just from a pure number standpoint, the Nets are power rated higher than Atlanta. That would then theoretically make them probably bigger favorites against the Knicks uh, in a spot like this at home. So we're seeing the market move toward Brooklyn. Not surprised by that. And you also get the news that the Knicks are rolling with a new starting lineup. Kemba Walker is out of the rotation, oh, wow. period. Uh, they are done with Kemba Walker. Talk about a swift fall from grace. Uh, Kemba Walker. Yeah. He was on the back page of the New York Post. Hero comes home. <laughs> What's happened here in the past month? Well, he's not a good defender. We know that. And his numbers offensively have tanked. It's it's incredible, and if you look at and it's it's a minuscule sample size. If I remember correctly, it's it's less than 100 possessions. I think it's actually less than 75 possessions. But if you just take their starting lineup and remove Kemba Walker and replace him with Alec Burks, who they're doing yeah. with, with this game, uh, their net rating goes from like negative 15 to plus 13. So it's, it's like it's, it's a massive difference with Burks out there. Now I think there's a real question because if you look at that starting lineup, you're talking about Alec Burks uh, and R.J. Barrett as your starting backcourt. Who, there's no real true point guard presence out there. So how does that affect things, right? If you're talking about larger sample sizes over multiple games, but they're doing this for a reason. There's clearly a big flaw with this Knicks team, but this is the New York, this is the new look New York Knicks coming into this matchup against the Nets. So I, I, I wanted to, 
bet the Nets minus six and a half. But clearly, I've been too high on them, as has the market been. So I'm just going to sit back, watch this game, wait for an in-game opportunity, see if I can get a cheaper price on Brooklyn. Sure. Uh, but I did make the number higher uh, than what it's worth for what it's worth than this number right here. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of times, if uh, you don't get the number you want, uh, NBA is such a volatile game. If yep. you have time to do it, uh, well, I bet it. All right, so that's a big game on the on the West Coast tonight. Eighteen and two Warriors. Yeah. Seventeen and three Suns. Thirty-five and five. Do the quick math. Combined record there between those teams. Aside from the Warriors, Suns, and Bucks, I got a, a question for you. Which team, aside from those three, has the longest winning streak in the association right now? The Warriors, Suns, and Bucks. Yeah. Longest winning streak in the NBA. Ooh. I should know this off the top of my head, I feel like. The Bucks have won seven straight. I don't know. Who is it? How about the Houston Rockets? Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> they won last night. Yes. How yeah. many is that in a row? Three, Three in a row right? for the yeah. Rockets. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They beat Oklahoma City last night. By the way, yeah. ruining the party. The Thunder were 11-2 against the spread. November right. going into that game yesterday. <laughs> oh, boy, that was an ugly performance from Oklahoma that? City, too. What happened last night? We bragged about OKC. Yeah. And, uh, OKC coaching job. What the hell happened last night? Well, hey, hey you know what? I like it when you're on the road, when you get a good chunk of the uh, the run that they have been on, right? Playing them here and uh-huh. there and getting a little piece of it. It feels pretty good. And then, you know, it blows up in your face every once in a while. You're not going to cover every game, but you're right. And boy, was the performance ugly. We're talking like jump shots off the side of the rim, tentative offense. Like it was crazy. Pretty poor start. Yes. Pretty poor start last night for the for the Thunder. By the way, Chris Wood of uh, the Rockets last night, 24 points, 21 rebounds. He's good. He looks pretty good, man. Yeah. That guy has uh, really developed into an awesome player. All right. Uh, on the other side, we'll come back. We have a lot to get to in the world of college football. Update all of these lines for the championship games that we're going to see this coming weekend. Also get to Matt Eumann's thoughts on what happened with Lincoln Riley and, of course, the new LSU head coach. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. 
these are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, the VSIN holiday offer is here right now. When you sign up for a $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Do your holiday shopping at the VSIN store. Can't think of a better idea. Neither can I. Neither can I. By the way, we were talking about this game. Um, what's it called? Uh, this Warrior Suns game. So the um, the reason why this number is moved because now we're up to three and a half. Late addition to the injury report when Andrew Wiggins mm, is questionable to play. So we're up to three and a half there with the Phoenix Suns against the Golden State Warriors. With that, let's talk a little college football uh, because I brought that up because I was looking at the. Odd screen up at vcin.com. Check it out, vcin.com. We have a lot of great odds, and they're live. So everything, every time something moves, it flashes. So status quo across the board pretty much, humans, when you look at the numbers for these title games this coming weekend in college football, we are still sitting at 6.5 for Alabama. We're still sitting at 3-ish for Oregon and Utah, although 2.5s are starting to appear, and still pretty much sitting at 5.5 for Oklahoma State Baylor and that 11-point spread for Michigan. Still scattering the board as well. So pretty static, no real changes over the last couple of No, days. I don't think you're going to see changes really until um, probably the weekend. One game where you have seen just a little bit of movement is the Western Kentucky-Texas-San Antonio game. Mm-hmm. And uh, off the UTSA's blowout loss to North Texas last weekend, I kind of figured Western Kentucky was going to get a lot of support here. In fact, the Hilltoppers have not lost uh, since that shootout. Uh, loss against uh, Texas San Antonio early in the season. I think seven straight wins. Bailey Zappi's put up huge numbers. How about him for the Heisman? Bailey Zappi, Western yeah. Kentucky quarterback. Not a good enough name. Not going to happen. Not a good enough name. Not gonna His happen, name was but, like uh, Trevor Johnson, maybe. DraftKings now at Western Kentucky minus two. Uh, Circa Westgate, South Point, one and a half. And uh, this is a game that uh, opened either pick or Western Kentucky minus one. You, you really have not seen... Like you said, any movement 
on the odds board for the college games, and I, I don't think you really will until maybe uh, Friday or Saturday. And you might start to see some uh, action show up on the favorites, I think, on Saturday. Yeah. That's when uh, Georgia-Alabama, it's an afternoon kickoff. You're probably going to see seven start to pop up at some spots, I think, on uh, on Saturday morning. Johnny Avello of DraftKings, this is interesting. He was on with us yesterday. He said, this game is going to seven. You recall when he said that, right? Yep. Well, DraftKings is the first book in the market to drop to six. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else painted across the screen at six and a half. DraftKings has dropped to six. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going on there with the Georgia-Bama game. But uh, I know plenty of people, sharp college football guys, who think Bama is just a fraud. And, uh, you know, people are going to be betting on Nick Saban and the reputation here. And that Bama can't move the, really can't move the football against this Georgia defense. And mm-hmm. I understand that opinion, too, because Bama didn't really move the ball against a bad Auburn team last week. Right. Until uh, late in the game, and it was in jeopardy of getting shut out in yep. that game, and it was shut out until the fourth quarter. Uh, the one that's I, th- I think the most interesting to me is Iowa, Michigan, and uh, even though the the Hawkeyes don't do anything uh, that you would consider sexy, good on offense, is <laughs> that where you're going here? They can run the ball. They have pedestrian court. I think Mike Palm's going to start a quarterback for Iowa this week. Uh, but doesn't matter. You Dude. can put almost anybody at quarterback for the Hawkeyes. They're going to run the ball. You're going to play opportunistic defense. The one thing about this game, or two things about this game. One is Michigan pummeled Ohio State at the line of scrimmage last week. Ran the ball yep. right over the right over the Buckeyes, and uh, really Michigan's defensive line dominated dominated Ohio State's offensive line. That's not going to happen with Iowa. Right. You don't whip Iowa. <laughs> In the trenches, so it's going to be a better matchup from the Hawkeyes from that perspective. Well, also, also huh? I was going to say, like with Iowa, right, the way they operate their offense, you're just not going to get many opportunities to rush the passer. Period. Right. Right. Like right. they're not going to sit back and drop back. Right. Like Ohio State. Hutchinson's not going to have yep. three sacks. You would think, unless you know, unless Michigan jumps out to a 14-0 lead, right. then the Hawkeyes are in big trouble. Oh, well, <laughs> if you bet Iowa plus 11, you might as well just uh, trash your ticket. But. Uh, the other thing about this is uh, I, I still think even though it's a conference championship game with a playoff spot on the line and that shouldn't be a letdown spot, it's got to be some sort of an emotional hangover for Michigan. That was a game not only circled on the calendar, JVT, that was a game they targeted for a few years because they've been embarrassed. That was the biggest win of Jim Harbaugh's college coaching career. Absolutely. All those, all the emotion that went into that, there's no way Michigan can get up and play at that level two weeks in a row. You would think so. Anyway, so... It's tough for me to take the Hawkeyes here, but I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to take 11 if uh, that's the best number we can get. And uh, right now it's 10.5 or 11. Uh, I don't know if it's going to – maybe it gets to 11.5. But right, you're kind of sitting in that yep. in that gray area right now where it's it's not going to get to 13. The best number you could probably do is 11.5 if you wait for the weekend. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think I'll hold the nose and, and take the points as well. Because here's the thing, too. The thing that just that gives you pause is that offense. 100. If you look at EPA per play, 123rd in the country, mm-hmm. Iowa, yeah. and you're taking you're taking on a really good defense in Michigan, and you're just hoping that the Iowa team, which by the way themselves defensively are one of the best in the country uh, right now, I think they have or yeah, they're seventh in EPA per play defensively. Like, they, and their defense has done it. Their, their defense is the reason why. What they did they reach two or three? 
Number two. AP poll, yeah, we're right. got to number two. There's the reason why. They were forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. They're brilliant in terms of doing that. DB's in the right position. Front seven's great. And so that's why I would feel comfortable in a game like this in a letdown spot in a rock'em, sock'em Big Ten matchup. Right where the, there's a total of 44, taking 11 and thinking that a defense like that is going to keep right. you in it. But like you said, if it's 14 nothing first quarter, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, Michigan gets out that <laughs> hot start. But, you know, that's a big if. I, I still think it's going to be hard for Michigan to uh, come out and play with the same type of emotion yep. uh, two weeks in a row. I'm intrigued by the Mountain West title game. We'll talk about that one later. Also, a game that's uh, at the bottom of the board. We can talk about it a little bit. 325-326 USC Cal. Oh, boy. This was uh, Cal minus 2.5 on Sunday night. Now it's Cal minus 4. I'm not really sure what the move is for here. Uh, maybe USC's got a couple guys who are going to be out, but I've followed USC news this week and haven't seen it. Jackson Dart, the freshman quarterback, played extremely well against BYU uh, last weekend. I wonder about... You know, I was talking with somebody the other night. I said, you know, when Lincoln Riley got hired, I said, okay, so Lincoln Riley obviously has a track record of producing Heisman candidates or Heisman winners. Right. Jackson Dart at USC, the freshman, has got big-time potential. He really does. I don't know how much you've had a chance to see him play. But uh, he was a Gatorade player of the year out of Utah. He's a big-time prospect. And the more I watch him, he's got mobility. He's got a good arm accuracy. He's, he's a strong leader. I think this guy's got Heisman-type potential. But Lincoln Riley is going to bring his own quarterback to USC. Uh, Malachi, uh, what's it called? Malachi, Malachi uh, Nelson. Yep, Nelson out of uh, Los Alamitos. <laughs> and if if Nelson's the only, he might not be the only guy Lincoln right. Riley brings in. So what's Jackson Dart going to do? Uh, obviously, you can't stay there and compete with Lincoln Riley's guy because Riley's going to go with his guy. Yep. That's just the way it is. When, so when a new guy comes in and takes over, he wants to bring in his people. Uh, so... I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It's, uh, I think, a lot of uncertainty for USC headed into that Cal game. That's, uh, by the way, there's going to be some betting action on that game Saturday night. That's 8 p.m. Pacific. That's the last college game on the board. Get it back, game. Let's go. USC Cal. Both teams are four and seven, playing for nothing, but a rescheduled game late Saturday night. And uh, right now, the sharp money's on Cal. By the way, I should uh, clarify too. Uh, Malachi Nelson is actually class of 2023, so that would be not for next season. Uh, I thought he was for next season. Uh, well, according to this article, he is in the class of 2023. So, ESPN Junior. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, well, I, maybe I Jackson still think Dart gets an option. Lincoln Riley's probably going to bring Spencer Rattler. I'm not sure it's going to be Spencer Rattler. Do you think he'd take Caleb Williams to USC? I mean, it, the team looked much better. Right? Well, first of all, if you're the quarterback, let's say you're Caleb Williams and you want to play in the NFL, are you going to stay at Oklahoma having no idea who the next coach is going to be? And if it's Brent Venables, it's going to be a defensive coach. So your development might be stunted by the fact right. the new staff's coming in. You would want to follow Lincoln Riley. Of course. To L.A., It right? maximizes your potential right. in a system that you're comfortable with. You'll look the best right. in it, all of those things. Absolutely. I think Spencer Rattler is going to transfer somewhere else. He's going to have – I mean, there's so many teams desperate for a quarterback. That guy's going to be answering phone calls nonstop. No matter what you think of him, he still would be a great get for a lot of programs out there. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. But that's uh, – I am fascinated to see what this game is played like, too. A uh, absolutely meaningless contest late night while all these title games are getting played in the yeah. Pac-12. It's going to be brilliant. Can we throw up the uh, graphic on the USC athletic director? Mike Bone yesterday made a comment at the uh, news conference. JVT, uh, does this uh, reek of self-importance or what? Here's a quote. <laughs> After hiring Lincoln Riley, USC AD Mike Bone. Quote, 
It was never our goal to change the landscape of college football with one of the biggest moves in the history of the game. But we did exactly that. It's ridiculous. Uh, is that an overstatement? Uh, it might be. Just a little bit. <laughs> By the way, we'll have to take a look, too, at the uh, rumored terms of Lincoln Riley's contract, which yeah. is completely absurd, if true. Uh, by, uh, Nick Saban, by the, I think Nick Saban doesn't get a, a, kind of a raise every time the market is reset, so Saban's loving it. All right, we'll come back. Oh, we have a lot left to get to. Uh, we're going to stick around to college. Oh, college hoops, really good card tonight, including yes. uh, Duke back in action against Ohio State. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. How about Duke? Back in action. Our graphic says number five Duke. It is number one Duke. Uh, the Blue Devils atop the AP poll uh, this week. Maybe this is somebody's personal. Are these, I think the decent <laughs> graphics go by Greg Hoops peterson power ratings. So. Yeah, I don't think we should do that. I'm just kidding. By the way, Greg Hoops peterson made, made Ohio State a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. So did Ken Palm. Yeah? Yeah. One point projected win, 74 Is Ken Palm now copying off Greg Peterson? It's more than likely. Okay. Plausible. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's plausible. Uh, I will say, can I just really quickly, because, you know, look, it's probably a really hard job to be a, a bookmaker. Uh-huh. The college basketball portion must be relatively simple, though. It is incredible how much these openers reflect Ken Pomeroy's numbers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it really it's, is. It's uh, if ridiculous. you think about we've been talking about this now for four or five years. Uh, if you want, want to know what a number is going to open in college hoops, go to KenPalm.com, fan match, yep. and click on the day. And uh, basically whatever he says is what the books are going to open. One of the teams had a Plus or win. minus a half yeah, point or say. a point or whatever. <laughs> Shade at one side. and Depending on the go. situational spot and some things like that. But uh, last week uh, he had Gonzaga, eight over Duke. Eight and a half, nine and a half. Let the number open. Eight, went bet up to eight and a half, bet all the way up to nine and a half before the game. I was at the Golden Nugget Sportsbook Friday night putting in contest plays. And I look at the board and I see Gonzaga minus nine and a half. And I, I already bet Duke early in the day. I said, I got to bet this again. This nine and a half is ridiculous. So I'm walking up to the window and the, there's a lady. Uh, she runs up. She goes, give me Gonzaga. I was like, okay, <laughs> if I lose a bet with this lady on the other side, I'm going to be ticked off. <laughs> Did you say something? You're an idiot. No, I didn't. I didn't say a word. I just said, give me, give me Duke plus nine and a half. Give me, all right. Uh, anyway. So now you get Duke at, uh, against Ohio State, part of this uh, Big Ten ACC challenge. Right. Uh, so we're starting to see some spots open this three and a half. Some two and a halfs are starting to appear on the screen here uh, in favor. And that's the other thing about this, too, because you talk about if you want to know what a line's going to be, just look up Ken Palm. A lot mm -hmm. of the times as well, if you want to know where a number is going to head, 
just go to Kenmore. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. generally, the market is going to head in that direction. And so you're starting to see it head in that direction. Uh, where Ohio State, again, by Ken Palm's metrics, uh, projected to win this by one point. But Duke, given what they did against Gonzaga, you're going to shade them a little bit higher, even on the road. And I got to tell you, uh, that I think they deserve it. This is a legitimately good team. Like mm-hmm. when you look at the personnel that Coach K has, they have good shooters. They have guys who can finish in transition, guys who can attack off the bounce. They, I think, deserve to be powered a little bit high. And I think there's an argument to be made that maybe Ken Palm's projections were a little too low on the Dukies, given what we saw transpire. There's no here question Vegas, about it, right? There's no question about it. And I, I think Ken Pomeroy would admit that, too, that his early season numbers are going to be nowhere as strong as his mid-season, late-season numbers. Uh, you're working off a lot of data from last season in the first month, and a lot of people had Duke underrated. Uh, I had Duke underrated uh, going into the season. I had Duke number eight. Uh, Kenny White told me he had Duke number 22 the day before the season. Uh, I thought... Eight was about right. I watched Duke play one game and say, okay, I, I bumped Duke up to number three after watching Duke play Kentucky. Uh, had better athletes and uh, just m- more mature physically than, uh, than I expected. Keels was a big part of it. Trevor Keels, when yeah. I watched him play, I didn't realize he was that good. Ended up bumping Duke up to number three. Uh, I've got Duke number one right now, too. I've got Duke one, Purdue two, and Gonzaga three. That's the same as the AP poll. Um, the thing that Purdue's got, and Purdue's in action tonight against Florida State, so it's two big men, 6'10", 7'4". Not a lot of teams can match up with that. But, hey, Duke's got inside, inside strength. Yep. Um, E.J. Liddell for Ohio State is going to have to do a lot to carry that offense tonight. The Buckeyes are not at full strength in this game. I made, I actually made Duke a one-point favorite here. And um, I think the situational spot's a negative. Duke obviously played the big game in New York against Kentucky, come out to Vegas. A lot of hype around the Gonzaga game. Blue Devils played great that night, start to finish, knock off the Zags. Now they're number one. Now you got to travel to Columbus for this Big Ten uh, challenge game. And uh, the atmosphere is going to be electric tonight in Columbus. There's no doubt about it. I don't have this Ohio State team rated that highly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situational spot's what scares me. Uh, for Duke, because last night, did you watch Gonzaga? Yeah, Zags <laughs> were scared. Yeah, so after you come off a game where you play at that high a level, it's kind of hard to uh, you do crash, yeah. and that's what the Zags did. They had no zip last night. Uh, Tarleton State is a terrible team. I think went into last night's game one and five. It was a one point game at halftime. Yep. Gonzaga won sixty four to fifty five as a thirty two point favorite. Uh, shot four for 19 from three and missed 10 free throws. So you saw how poorly the Zags played after the Duke game. You wonder if Duke's not going to be that sharp tonight. Do you think from a situational standpoint it helps that it's an opponent of this caliber as opposed to a Tarleton State? Right? Uh, like I would think yeah. the letdown's even oh, yeah. worse when you're like, it's this team. Like You know what I mean? <laughs> the Tarleton State Texans. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it does help. And the atmosphere tonight's going to be so – well, Duke's going to play play well tonight. Yeah. I'm, I think this is going to be the type of game that goes to the wire. I could not lay three. If I were going to – if I like Duke in the game, there's a money line out there at about minus 130. That's that's uh, at minus two and a half for three. I think minus 130 would be the way. I, I kind of feel like this Duke-Ohio State game is going to finish similarly to last night's Iowa-Virginia game. Yes. Where it looked like Virginia came all the way back from 20 down and was going to win the game. 
and then missed two shots at the end and lost by one. That, by the way, that line opened Virginia plus one, closed Virginia minus two, and Iowa won by one. Credit to Fran McCaffrey. His guys were hot shooters in the first half last night and held on to win that game. That was a big big win for the Hawkeyes on the road. Uh, but this, uh, I, I like this ACC Big Ten Challenge every year. You don't make too much out of the games. First of all, why is Duke not matched up against Michigan or Purdue? Right. I would agree. With I, that. I don't understand what the matchmakers were doing when they set these, when they set the schedule for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You knew in the off season that the best team in the Big Ten was either Michigan or Purdue, right? And you knew Duke was going to be the best team in the ACC. Why is Florida State playing Purdue and Michigan playing? Some I think North Carolina. Yeah, can't, just, can't allow the Dukies to slip up in Coach Case. Maybe Coach Case said, "Hey, we don't want to play one of those teams. We we want to play the third best team. Who knows? Maybe uh, he set the schedule." Really quickly, the key matchup to watch, at least for me, when you look at this Ohio State uh, right now, one of the things that they have had issues with on defense and keeping opponents off of the glass. Opponent offensive rebounder at a thirty-three point six percent, or essentially, you're allowing opponents to grab right. a third of their misses. And Duke is actually relatively solid offensive rebounding team. Offensive rebounding rate of 31% for the early part of the year. So I like Duke around the basket. Point. I think they got pretty good rim defense, pretty good scoring ability in the paint. Uh, I don't see many weaknesses with this Duke team. I don't think the guards are great, but they're good enough. So, uh, like I said, we, if I played that, I would still play Duke at a small uh, money line price tonight. I think Duke maybe finds a way to win that game. Uh, Ohio State's not a full strength, like I mentioned in uh I'm just not sure how good the Buckeyes are. But it's going to be a great atmosphere for that game tonight. would not be a big play for me either way. What do you do with uh, Indiana, Syracuse, the Fighting Bayheims? Uh, literally, like multiple Bayheims. I've already bet it. I mentioned uh, <laughs> yeah, this Indiana. morning. <laughs> you got three Bayheims tonight. Jim, coach and Buddy, and Jimmy. You got three Bayheims. I took Syracuse plus three. And Buddy Bayheims off to a, a poor start. He's mm-hmm. actually scoring, but he's attracting a lot of attention from defenses. Uh, that's why his three-point shooting percentage is down, I think, 31% right now. And that's why Buddy's shooting from three. But really, with Buddy Beheim and Joey Girard, you got two of the best three-point shooters in the country in, the, in that same backcourt. Syracuse doesn't have a lot on the front line. Jesse Edwards is a 6'11 forward. He's a pretty good shot blocker and rim defender. And that's important. you got to have a guy like that when you got Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana who's going to be attacking the rim on the other side. Uh, my question with Indiana is uh, how strong are the Hoosiers? They played six home games. Uh, I would say four of those against really weak opposition. Yep. This is going to be their first trip on the road tonight. And uh, Trace Jackson Davis obviously should be the focus of the Syracuse defense here. If you don't let him go off, you've got a pretty good chance to win the game. I think Syracuse is going to knock down some shots tonight. And uh, I'm going to look for Buddy Beheim and Joey Girard to carry the Orange to a win. I made this pick him. And uh, when, it, when I make a number like this, pick him, and I'll get Syracuse plus three as a home dog, I'll take that almost every time. Yeah, surprising thing for Syracuse up to this point, and you're going to see this when you play as much zone as they do, but uh, opponents have been shooting really well against them from three. Well, Colgate but, scored 100 points yep. against them. But, yeah, the defense has not been very good early in the season, but that's not atypical of a Jim Beheim team. A lot of times his teams don't look that good in November defensively and get better. So, yep. I don't know. That's That's a pretty good game. Tonight, and I also um, was thinking about playing Florida State plus 11 and a half. 12 is up there now. Is there 12? Yep. Uh, Who's got, got 12. it? 12 on my screen over at the South Point. Pretty far away, though, so can you make the trip? Right. I think I can make it before tip-off. Florida State plus 12 at Purdue tonight. I think uh, 
that's too many. I, I made the number nine. What Greg Hoops, Peterson, and Ken Palm make the number on four to State Purdue? It's probably probably right around ten or eleven. Right? I, I'm willing to bet that that is the case. I can pull this up really quick. Purdue right? now up to number two, and uh, I think Florida State's got enough athletes to hang in this game. Nineteen. It's going to be a defense. No, 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 no. More of a defensive no. type of game than Purdue's. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network.
All right, welcome in the last couple of minutes here on The Edge. If you missed any part of this show, your favorite show, uh, you can go to vcin.com slash podcast to check that out uh, for every single one of the programs that is available on the network. So, a lot to get to, no read. So let's get through the best bets really quickly, recaps and best bets to add, and then we will get to a little bit in college football and wrap up anything we left off the board in college hoops. Screen says NFL. So let's go to the NFL really quickly. Nothing to add quite yet. Patriots plus three versus the Bills. Record on the season 24 and 18. So hopefully the Patriots will stay within that number. Now down to two and a half in one or two spots. Yeah, one and covered six in a row. Hopefully it's seven. Uh, put me down for the same play. I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots. I was waiting to see if the three and a half would show up. It's not going to apparently show up. So I better take the three before uh, too many two and a half. So I, I think you have plenty of opportunities to take three uh, between now and Monday night. But uh I might as well just go ahead and take that three now. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm also um, – it'll be part of do the numbers tomorrow, but uh, there is a couple of teams. I think Are you going to pick on the Buffalo Bills again? What do you mean? No, 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 no. I'm not. Okay. I am going to pick on a team that uh, – I'll give it. I'll give this hint. A team out there that's won four straight and covered four straight and might not be uh, performing as well as you think they have been. Put okay. It that way. Okay. Uh, with that, NBA last night, Thunder. Don't get there. Didn't really sniff it at all, actually. Uh, two and a half point underdog lose to the Rockets, and we knew it the whole way. The Indiana Pacers catching three points. The state of Indiana, poetic justice. They screw me, the Indianapolis Colts, on Sunday out of uh, a large sum of money. At least they paid me back. Indiana did the Hoosier State with a backdoor cover against the Timberwolves. Put lost, back bucket. With, lost by what? Uh, one. Or two, no, excuse me, two. They were down four. Lost by two with a layup with, what, two-tenths of a second left. Uh, Nothing left, actually, on the clock. (laughs) Well, I think when it left his hand, I'm going to say. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, So a ridiculous cover, but uh, like I said, never never a doubt. Uh, Anyway, for Tuesday's play, so this one moved really quickly. Playing a lot of dogs. That's four straight dogs here. Yes, it is. Actually, it might be. I have to go back to, I think, yeah, if you go back to Friday, I think two out of the three were underdogs. But, um, yeah, right, so regardless, uh, so today – Look, so the Grizzlies, this number has moved quite a bit. I wrote about this this morning. Again, these are up really early when these are all available. So, But in the the article I put, Kasurka actually peaked at 6 this morning in favor of the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that doesn't have OG Ananobi, uh, that has Gary Trent Jr. listed as questionable, that is one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, has not gotten any better, and yet they were as high as 6. And the way I put it was, this is an extremely flawed team to be laying this number. And I get it. John Morant's hurt, and he's not going to play here today. And the Grizzlies have their own defensive issues. But these are two teams that are very close to one another, as currently constructed. Uh, not so much six-point difference uh, at home. So uh, the Grizzlies plus five and a half was a play this morning. Grab that over at MGM2, and this is now down to three and a half. Obviously, I agree with the market move there. And the Warriors are two and a half. Bad number here right now because you can grab three and a half. Now, this is because of a questionable designation for one Andrew Wiggins. So I think he is going to play. There were no indications that he was going to miss this contest. Sounds like maybe some soreness in the back that popped up today. So we'll see if he's going to miss. But I would assume he's going to be out there once he's officially listed as available. This to head back down. But all the analysis remains the same. This is a good defensive team. I think they match up well. So Warriors plus two and a half. Good deal. College hoops last night. Virginia minus one. Loser. Uh, It's like... Not an ideal uh, situation to fall behind by 20 points in the first half. Uh, Virginia battled back, took the lead late, and then uh, missed a couple shots at the end to win the game. Uh, lose by one to Iowa tonight. We're going back to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I'm taking an ACC home dog with Syracuse plus three against Indiana. Uh, we've already talked about that game, so uh, we can move on. My only NFL play on the record at this point is going to be Patriots plus three. 
And I'm um, still looking at several college football plays, but most likely going to be on Alabama, yep. Iowa, yep. and maybe Utah State. Yeah, those two for sure uh, for me. So, yeah, that'll be the case. Just waiting to see what the market does. Anyway, uh, with that, let's get to uh, some of the news around this whole college football madness. So a lot of dominoes fall, right, from one guy moving to another spot, and then you get a whole bunch of mess uh, happening, right, in the wake of that. You know, and all this, it's going to have a ripple effect on yep. several of the bowl games we're going to handicap next month, yep. too, what's going to happen with right. a lot of these coaching situations. And also, you know, you're just talking about Notre Dame still being in position to possibly right. get a college football playoff spot, and Brian Kelly ditches town. Anyway, let's get to this. Adam Schefter tweet, and go back to this on uh, Sunday in the middle of the NFL schedule. Schefter tweets, quote, Oklahoma has targeted Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as one of the potential replacements for Lincoln Riley. League sources tell ESPN. Kingsbury has one year remaining on his contract after the season. So if you're not familiar with how this works, first of all, it's embarrassing, I think, for Adam Schefter and ESPN for this tweet to even go out. What happens a lot of times in the media, agents are a great source, can yep. be a great source of information to a reporter. And uh, Schefter's been caught with his hand in the cookie jar many times. Oh, yeah. Regurgitating agent talk. What he did here was Cliff Kingsbury's agents trying to get a new contract for Cliff. Yep. He's trying to get it out of the Cardinals. So he, he floats this to Adam Schefter, who you would think is smart enough to know it's BS. But he, he puts it out there anyway and reports it because he's trying to do Cliff Kingsbury's agent a favor, who in turn, his agent is going to give uh, stories to Adam Schefter. Like and that's how this media nonsense works. So don't buy into the stuff about Kingsbury considering Oklahoma. This is Adam Schefter doing a favor for an agent so he can get a story tip or story tips in the future in return. Right. And Kingsbury, too, uh, as you as you see it in that tweet, not only does he have one year remaining, according to some reports, he is the lowest paid head coach in the yes. National Football League. He wants a new contract. Of course he, he deserves one. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, he does. So, thanks to Adam Schefter for trying to help him get it. Having said that, I think yeah. he's really considering the Notre Dame job. <laughs> I think he's legitimately considering a step down. Also I, returning I, to the conference in which he got, <laughs> which he got fired from. I thought he was, uh, he was thinking about Virginia Tech until they hired the Penn State defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was out there. Uh, he was thinking right. about going to LSU until Brian Kelly yes. ditched Notre Dame to go to uh, Baton Rouge. That was one that stunned me yep. uh, last night. Because well, mainly because of what you said. There, there, there's still a chance that after the weekend, Notre Dame is right. a college football playoff team. You just don't ditch your team when you got a chance to uh, reach the college football playoff. Here's Brian Kelly. Here's a quote from him after Saturday night's victory over Stanford. We've got one of the best four teams, in my mind, in the country, without question, and we're ready to prove it. And then 40, less than 48 hours later, he's out the door to LSU. Sending text messages. Hey, guys, we'll meet in the morning, but I'm out of here. <laughs> Jeez. How bad is this? How bad does this look? Now, Brian Kelly, 60 years old. LSU, it's, it's a great job, great money, 10 years, at least $95 million. It's probably going to be worth more. Uh, but it seems like kind of a – he'll run a good program. Ed, Ed Orgeron was running a very loose ship, and there were some embarrassing things happening down there. But still, Kelly's going to run a good program. He'll get a baseline every year of at least eight wins, right? You He's going to get better recruits, yep. doesn't have any academic restrictions or fewer academic restrictions than you have at Notre Dame. So he'll recruit well. LSU's going to be – it just seems like the SEC in Baton Rouge is kind of an odd fit for Brian Kelly. And, and the timing makes this look – Really bad. And a lot of the things that have gone on here in college football in the past week kind of rub you the wrong way, right? It's, it seems like 
the NCAA will penalize these players and consider them as amateurs, but you got coaches signing $100 million contracts. Now, something's terribly wrong with college athletics and things are spinning in the wrong direction. When you have a, a dead flat mediocre coach like James Franklin signing a 10-year deal worth $100 million. Unproven commodity, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker <laughs> signing for $95 million. What the hell is going on? Can we look at the absurd contract details for Lincoln Riley at USC. Now, these have been reported. They have not been confirmed, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, from Robert Hefner V, I, I, I actually, so he's a Sooners insider. I kind of, I, I, I doubt this to a certain extent, but we'll see. Uh, but allegedly. Well, you, you kind of hope this is not true. Right. Allegedly, <laughs> it's $110 million. USC is also allegedly buying both his homes in Norman for $500,000 over asking, buying a $6 million home in L.A. for him, and then unlimited use of the private jet 24-7 for his family. I don't know if this is true or not. But if this is... It's absurd. It's absurd and sick. No wonder he left Norman. <laughs> no, you could easily see why he left Oklahoma for USC, if that's true. $110 million deal. Uh, you get a $1 million bonus by selling your houses. USC is going to overpay. They're going to buy you a $6 million home in L.A., and a private jet 24 uh, 7. By the way, what is happening here? All of these ridiculous what? contracts for all of these guys. Um, kind of don't want to hear about the transfer portal anymore, huh? <laughs> like, let no. the kids go play where they want. No, it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's a joke. It's, it's ridiculous. And that's why when uh, you hear college coaches complaining about you know, transfers, shut up, man. <laughs> uh, these college coaches are getting rich off these games. Yep. And I love college football, it's a great game, but it's kind of sick what's happening with these coaching contracts. Absolutely. Hell, in our own backyard, the guy who's coaching UNLV has a record in terms of a contract. Oh, jeez. And he's, <laughs> and he's two and 16, something right. like that. Highest paid football coach in, uh, in the program's history. Yeah, this is nuts. Uh. So we'll see what happens after this, too, uh, as we move forward with a lot of these programs and these holes open up. And Urban Bob Meyer, Stewart. by the way, is let it be known, yeah. not interested. Urban Meyer's dying for one of these big time jobs. He's stuck in Jacksonville where they don't really want him and he can't get out. So he made it. I think he made a bad move. He came back a year or two soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't think if he yeah. was sitting on the sidelines now, he'd be looking at his shots for any yep. one of these gigs? It'd be great for him. Uh, all right. We're all done here. VSIN.com, where you want to go. Check out everything we have to offer. Remember that midseason football special, too, only 99 bucks. Everything we have to offer to the end of the football season. I hope that's still active. Mike and Desert coming up next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.